The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, where we're kicking off is a new survey has found that spending just half an hour a week with a dog makes people more successful. Now, keep in mind, this comes on top of other uh, research that has already proven that if you bring children up in a dog, uh, in a home that has a dog in it, they are more likely to be physically resilient in later life. It also lowers your blood pressure, theoretically, to be around a dog. But now it turns out you're more successful. 80% of dog owners see a rise in their self-esteem after they get a puppy and three quarters feel less stressed since they got a dog. Uh-huh. With this knowledge, we sent News Talk reporter JJ Clark at, out to ask these people if they agree with the study. Probably agree with that. I'm going to say yeah. How? Because dogs make you happy. And once you're happy, it's easy to be successful. Well, I have a dog and it stresses me out all the time. So, what you're saying is you don't feel more successful? No. Well, if they own a house that they can keep a dog, then they're already more successful, already more confident than most renters are. No. <laughs> Why not? Well, I'm just thinking uh, across the the whole population and about the dog owners, and you get dog owners in you know uh, wealthy areas as you do in in deprived areas. I don't agree because I think some people have cats and dogs and also like I know a lot of people that have just cats and they're successful as well I don't know if I would say they're more successful but I feel like people who do own dogs might be more happy no I wouldn't say so because <laughs> I'm a cat owner <laughs> and I'm, I won't say I'm successful <laughs> and I'm interested are you a dog person or a cat person oh dogs 100% cat person <laughs> so maybe I won't be so successful bit of both I've had both so I actually have none at the moment and I haven't for the last few years but I'd like a dog probably dog person have to be I'd say I'm not a big fan of the cats you know when you rub them and they just don't want to don't want to be involved to you but if you touch your dog it's it just you can see the joy in their eyes and it brings joy to your eye dog person all the way why is that tell me about that uh, cats are mercurial uh, they just tolerate humans at their best dogs loyal loving great animals characters that own cats and the characters that own dogs you know, is there a difference in character? Yes. What are those? Dog owners are nicer. How so? Because cats aren't very nice. My cat hate my, hates my dog. Dog person. <laughs> Do you feel more successful? I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe I should think about it a bit more, yeah. Our reporter there, JJ Clark, talking to people about the uh, impact of owning a dog. And as uh, going by the, the logic of, I think, that second last person who said that, that dog people are just nicer. Well, we have two very nice dog people, dog trainer and behaviourist Samantha Rawson uh, and News Talk reporter and former dog trainer uh, Heather Laurie. And then we have on the other side of the spectrum a, a cat person, Barbara Scully, the journalist and broadcaster. Hi, guys. How are you doing? How are you doing? Barbara, Hi, Anton. given that I put you in the difficult box, let me start with you. Essentially, you hate dogs. Let, let's cut no, to the quick that here. Is not, that is completely <laughs> not true. I didn't know I was going to have to box myself into a corner here. No, I would be, I would, I would self-identify probably more as a cat person. I've always had cats. I've never lived without cats and I would hate to ever have to live without cats. But I'm also a dog owner who has just nearly taken the door off the hinges here to the room trying to come in and see what I'm talking about. Um, so, and I adore my dog as well. But I, if I, ha- if you said to me tomorrow you ha- can only live with one animal, which would it be? It would be a cat rather than a dog. Now explain that, Barbara, because the cat won't love you. The cat won't care. No. The dog adores you. It looks up at big brown eyes and thinks she's amazing. Absolutely. The cat just thinks, feed me now. Yeah, no, I think I've got very healthy self-esteem, <laughs> so I don't need to be boosted by a, by a dog. 
who will, you know, dogs are, you know, uh, they, what's the saying? They say you should have a dog to adore you and a cat to ignore you. So I'm kind of comfortable enough in my own skin that I'm happy enough to live with cats who, as one of the uh, people there on the Vox Pop said, are more kind of, you know, they're aloof and they don't give their affection easily. But when they do, it's worth 10 times a dog's because a dog, let's face it, will give any allegiance. I mean, affection, you know, my dog welcomes all comers into the house. Whereas cats are very, very fussy about where they will spend their time and their energy and where, as my daughter says, where they'll open the biscuit factory. Only cat owners are going to get that. Um, so, yeah, no, I would definitely say I'm more of a cat person. And I would say that if if the study has shown that dog people are more successful, that's only because cat people possibly have chosen a more a higher path, if you like, because studies have also shown that cat people are more intelligent. Well, let me bring um, Heather in, <laughs> in on this. Is, is there an element of legitimacy to Barbara's point that essentially to quote Dorothy Parker, you know, dogs are kind of the good time that was had by all, you know, like there's no challenge in making a dog love you. True. I would say that definitely a dog will come up to you and love anyone who comes at it. But at the same time, a cat will eat you when you die. So <laughs> I'm way more in, into dogs. Uh, They're when very you... needy and high maintenance by comparison though. Yeah, but like they love you. They love you to bits. And if you train them well, because a dog will be needy, but you've got to train a dog. That's the thing. You can't really train a cat to be nicer. You can train a dog to be more well behaved and to like mind itself a little bit more. But with a cat, you've just got a cat, don't you? But is that not the point? If you've got a cat, you can open the door and say, I'll see you this afternoon at some point. Have a nice day. Whereas the dog depends on, you know, be near me. Give me constant affection. Give me attention. Not Tell me I'm always, nice. Pat not, me. Not if you train your dog to not need that affection all the time. But I think there is a thing of, of coming home and that dog running towards you and being so excited. Like, I already have to worry about if people like me. I don't need to worry if my pet likes me as well, you know? Samantha Rossen, <laughs> dog trainer and behaviourist, is uh, with Samantha, do you see among your clients their self-esteem rising once they commit their first dog purchase? Well, I, I suppose dog people would be naturally more outgoing and maybe a little bit more sociable, you know. But but going back to, to Barbara's point or whoever said about, um, you know, that, that cats are, are more discerning about who they like, I would kind of go the opposite way and say, well, if a dog doesn't like you, or a dog doesn't take to a person, I would certainly take the dog's opinion into into consideration. Because when a dog doesn't like you, that that's really, to me, that's a big, a big yardstick. Is that not they, the dog reading the owner rather than making a judgment about the third party? No, no, no. I, I, I've, I've kind of taken my, my signal from a dog sometimes where I've liked somebody and the dog hasn't. And then I thought twice and actually the dog was right. Are we being unfair in tarring all dogs with the same brush? Is it fair to regard all breeds as similar or is there a big difference between the breeds, Samantha? There, there can be huge breeds. Um, Scotty, Scottish Terriers can be quite loof. Scottish Terriers can be quite cat-like. Um, that there are some breeds that are not you know, overly sociable and, and don't want to be petted and fawned on. Um, and they would actually look at you with disdain if you try and kind of befriend them. So there are different breeds that, that are more sociable or less sociable than others, certainly. There's also, Heather, a big difference in terms of IQ. I remember um, interviewing the man who he wrote a book called The Intelligences of Dogs and he had broken down on a, on a range, the um, smartest to the dumbest. And he made a point that people always want a smart dog and that it's often a mistake because smart dogs are high maintenance. Yes, very high maintenance. They take, you really have to put in the work if you're getting a, a, a very smart dog. And especially nowadays, you have loads of those poodle mixes coming out and the poodles are incredibly intelligent dogs. They need a lot of stimulation a lot of the time, not just 
going out for long walks but that mental stimulation constantly and people bring in these dogs and they're going crazy and they're like why is this dog tearing apart my house? It's because you need to train it. And as Sarah was saying, there's so many different breeds and so many different temperaments. You really do have to kind of match your dog to your lifestyle, I really feel. I remember, yeah, when I, I talked to him years ago and he said that if you got, I think if, if I have it right, an English bulldog, he said, look, if you've got an English bulldog, basically you can go out in the morning and it'll take it a good six, seven hours to work out that you've left so it doesn't <laughs> get too upset. Whereas two minutes after you're out the door, a colleague is starting to do Sudoku on you. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> just starts like, just rearranging your house most likely. Now go back Barbara on this because we're getting a lot of suggestions uh, that the same is true about cats as is true about dogs that you can't generalise about them some saying things like get a Maine Coon it's a cat with a dog attitude do you believe that there's a big difference between cat breeds? Um, I I'm no, I haven't a clue to be honest because all of my cats are rescues so they're all pure moggies um, I have never owned an actual breed of a cat but I will tell you this that I have had cats um you know, who I who I think I've had a really good relationship with and who have upped and left at the drop of a hat uh, over. We, we got a... Your cat left say, you. Oh, sir. We had two. We, well, yeah, you see, we've always, we've, we've a, a running total always of four cats, right? And um, so we had, we were down to three and we, we got another one and we rehomed one that only had three legs. Now, she has a bit of an attitude, I think, because she's <laughs> only got three legs. Seems reasonable, yeah. And the two, yeah, the two older cats who were boys, she was a girl and the other one was a girl. Uh, the two older cats immediately left home. Now, one only went two doors up. I knew where he was. So I went up and introduced myself to the poor woman who'd only moved into the estate and said, I think my cat's moved in with you and would you not feed him? So he'll come home. So he's kind of still here. The other one who was the most affectionate cat with whom I had a wonderful relationship, packed his bags and left home. He used to come back to visit us in the garden. and But I haven't seen him in about two years. And I know he's somewhere around, but he just... Never forgave me and left. So I, I get think the sense, cats, Barbara, you can just never be sure about a cat. Just ever. listening to your tone, you don't seem yeah. riddled with guilt about this. But cats can do what they want, and they will always do what they want. They will always do what they want. You can never be sure that a cat is going to do it. That's what's great about cats. So if they are here and they are coming in and they are swirling around your legs and they are sitting on your knee when you're watching the telly and they're making biscuits, then you kind of go, this is great because they've actually made a choice to do that. I would query, and as I say, I say this as somebody, I'm an animal lover and I love dogs as well, but I would wonder if dogs' affection has any basis do you know what I mean? I think it's all just an automatic kind of reaction because I could walk in and out of my front door 10 times in an hour and the dog would levitate with excitement each time I crossed the threshold. I don't believe it's real. I think it's just some kind of, <laughs> you know, neurotic response. Um, so I don't, ho- you know, I don't I don't believe that's the, the big flattery thing that other people might think it is. Here, but having I, said I, that, I was, they're great crack dogs. I was able to let it go cats. once. I can't let it go twice. What's, what's making biscuits? <laughs> When cats need, you know when they do that thing with their paws? <laughs> Sorry, I have to say, Heather is currently like, doing the animated gesture of it yes, here. The little squishy good. thing. Very good. The little squishy thing, it's called making biscuits. So when the cat comes up and starts doing that, we kind of go, oh, the biscuit factory's open. We're busy today making the biscuits. Samantha, we've had a lot of questions coming in about various different, oh, by the way, a nice line saying dogs have owners, cats have staff. But a, a question that I suspect you're probably well placed to ask uh, or to answer, Samantha, is are golden retrievers chilled? <laughs> No, golden retrievers are incredibly sociable. And the thing I find about golden retrievers is that they want to be touched. But when you're trying to train a golden retriever and you touch them, they think all bets are off. As soon as they're touched, it's like license to do what you want. 
Um, so they're complete touch addicts. I mean, you can train a golden retriever without using any food rewards because all they want to do is be touched. So I, I, I would, wouldn't call them totally chilled. They are capable of being chilled with training, but I wouldn't call them totally chilled. They're, they're very sociable. I mean, that's why they're used, you know, for, for the working dogs and the guide dogs and, and um, as, as kind of helping dogs because they, they tend to love people. Um, but I wouldn't call them chilled, no. Let me go back then, Heather, to you for a final word on this. For people who have listened to Barbara's thesis and they're saying, you know, this, this animal that'll make biscuits on me, that it'll, it'll mind itself, that if I get affection from it, it's clearly earned because it means something versus the happy idiot who just wants to run around and be patted. Pitch me the other side of it. Why should somebody get a dog? Why should someone get a dog? That's a very big question. Um, I think it's just the companionship of it. You know, a dog is your forever buddy. It's called a man's best friend for a reason. Like, they're always there for you. You can ignore your dog. You can put it in a room for hours. You can, Like, honestly, the stuff that's done to dogs and they go back to their owners, you know, it's kind of sad in a way of how much they, they just love us and give that affection. And you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe Barbara's right. Maybe it is just automatic for them. But I'll take it. I'll take all the love I can get. <laughs> automatic love is still love. Exactly. Heather, thank you very much. That is Heather Laurie, who is News Talk reporter and former dog trainer and before her, uh, Samantha Rawson, who is dog trainer and behaviourist and of course Barbara Scully, journalist and broadcaster. If- the Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.